You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou... Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we take this time to invite you in to the words that will be proclaimed. We ask you, Lord, that they be in accordance to your heavenly will. Lord, bless us now with words that are meaningful, understandable, that they give us insight in such a way that makes this day even more blessed than we know it to be right now. It is in your precious name that we ask for these things in this way, Lord Jesus. Amen. I know some of you know where Freedom High School is, especially Bill. (laughs) Bill was a teacher in that school district. But before there was East Hills Middle School and Freedom High School, it was farmland. That farmland was farmed by my grandfather. He did not own the land, but he was permitted to farm it, to work it. Well, he had a lot of children, of course, my dad being one of them. I never had the opportunity to meet my grandfather or my grandmother from the Groob side. But I'd like to share with you a story about my dad. Because my grandmother, Groob, passed at such an early age, he was the youngest son. He had to quit school in third grade because he had to become the cook on the farm. And you just ask my sons, their pappy, when he prepared a meal, oh, it was a good meal. As a matter of fact, they used to look forward to the fact when my dad and my mom would pick my children up and take them home because they knew that their pappy made them their favorite. My dad grew, of course, and he ended up being a huge man. My dad was five inches taller than I am. He was 90 pounds heavier than I am. He was incredibly strong. Strong to a point that it was actually frightening. To go along with his strength, he had a temper that was equally as fast to be exercised. I will share with you two smaller stories about example of his strength. In our house, before we had the privilege of having indoor plumbing facilities as a full bathroom, we always had a kitchen and a washer and a dryer. With five kids, you need that kind of stuff. But what we had as a water collection system was a cistern. So all the rain that hit the roof went into the gutters was put into the cisterns. Well, then it had to be pumped to places throughout the house. And my dad would always try to fix those things himself. He was very mechanically inclined. But this pump one day would not respond to his mechanics. 
And I did not see this one, but it was talked about a lot in our household. My dad threw that well pump up a flight of stairs and hit my sister who was outside and injured her. His strength was of that magnitude. This story I did see. My dad was mowing the lawn with a push mower. And we have a block, we had at that house, a block necessarium. You know what I'm saying? A block odd house. Because we didn't have indoor plumbing yet. We did not get indoor plumbing until I was 13 years of age. My dad was cutting the grass. The lawnmower stopped working. My dad grabbed it by the two plastic handles and just smashed it against the block necessarium. Pieces flying everywhere. That's how powerful he was. At my wedding, my dad, we have a picture in our, in our photo album of my dad and all of the groomsmen and all of my young male friends that were there were in a huddle. And my dad was in the center of the huddle. And he told them, anybody gets out of line, I'm coming. A man of incredible strength. Then one day I got a phone call. My dad had a massive heart attack. At the end of this heart attack, it, at this point, 80% of his heart was destroyed. But he lived for another 20 years. He was a strong man. But when I went in to see him in that recovery room, and he looked at me, and he said, Michael, can you put an ice chip on my tongue? I'm thirsty. This man of incredible strength couldn't even lift a chip of ice. That heart attack changed my dad from the inside. His strength was now applied in a different way. Pastor Furler would say this about my dad. He is a one-man evangelism committee. You don't get in or out of that church without seeing and greeting Norman. Norman will give you the biggest robust smile. His voice was so powerful, I tell people that when he spoke, your hair moved. That's how powerful of a voice he had. But it was being used differently this time. It was being used to greet people and welcome them into the worship life of that congregation. My dad didn't choose God. God chose him and used him when he was able to surrender his strength and receive God's strength into his life. Every one of our scripture readings this morning point to that truth. How we, in and of ourselves, when we apply our strength, we will mess it up. But when we can be humble to reduce our estimate of our own importance so that God can become more powerful and more strong in our life, that's when he chooses us and begins to do incredible things in our midst. We go first to the Old Testament and we see that God uses humble cities. Not only humble people, but humble cities. Bethlehem in the region of Ephrathah 
the least in the kingdom of Judah. God chose it as the birthplace of his son, our Savior. I love the way things work in scripture together because when we look at the city of Bethlehem we know that Samuel the priest and prophet went to Bethlehem to anoint a new king because King Saul had been rejected and he is sent to Jesse's house and the story goes that Samuel says to Jesse bring forth your son and he starts right with the oldest Eliab comes in first now he's not the one Seven of them come in and Samuel saying, you've got to have another kid, right? Not exactly that way in scripture, but we get the point. <laughs> and Jesse says, I have one more. I have one more. He's tending the animals. Send for him. We will not sit down until this child comes back. And when David comes back, he is anointed king over Israel. Such a humble man was David, that even though he was anointed by the priest and prophet Samuel, he did not assume the kingship because he would not go against King Saul. Such a humble man. He never exercised his own strength. Here is a piece that I just think is a wonderful thought. It cannot be proven in Scripture, and it cannot be dismissed from Scripture. But nevertheless, it's a wonderful thought. Could it be that our God, the place where David was anointed king, where the shepherd came in from the animals and was anointed king, could it be the very piece of land that then became the manger? Where the king is now with the animals and will be appointed shepherd. That's just the way God works. He does these incredible things. He takes the humble and he brings them to an elevation. We go now to the gospel instead of the epistle. The gospel tells us that Mary goes and visits Elizabeth and Zechariah. But it's the verses before in chapter 1 that I would like for us to take a closer look at. To see how God just puts these plans together and uses humble people to show forth his strength. You know, Zechariah was a priest. And he was from the division of Abijah. He was a direct descendant from Aaron, the high priest. So was Elizabeth. This is what's told to us in the front verses of chapter 1. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth are direct descendants from Aaron, the high priest. The very priestly order by which God had instituted to prepare for the completion of his plan. They at a very old age, when they didn't have the power and strength themselves, were given the privilege by God, the blessing by God, to have a son. His son's name was John. So John was part of the priestly order descended from Aaron. So most of the priests, in John's perspective, 
he would have been able to become a priest and he would have been able to wear all of those fancy garments that the priests wear. And he would have been able to disobey God's word. And when the sacrifices were put forward, he would be able to pick the choicest meats out first and put them aside for himself and his family. But John didn't do that. John didn't wear those garments. John didn't eat that food. But nevertheless, we can't lose sight of the fact that he is a descendant from Aaron, the priestly order that would prepare the way for the coming of the Lord That's what he did. That's what he did. And then we have Mary and Mary's wonderful song. A psaltery, a hymn of praise. But before we look at that, let's look at the Hebrews text. Because we can see in there again. It would be by our own power, by our own strength, that we would bring in sacrifices and offerings and say this is what I got to this is what I have to offer and Jesus reminds us Paul reminds us that Jesus is reminding us that God didn't desire those because they came from our power from our strength what we thought should be returned to him And then burnt offerings and sin offerings. When we understand them, a burnt offering is an offering that would be sacrificed in the Levitical priestly order to show that you're in communion with God, that your relationship with God is is good. You're offering your whole self to him. And again, with the sin offering, we recognize that we made a mistake. And that we needed to have this offering. But again, all of these offerings come from our own hands. From our own power and our own might. But the Hebrew text tells us that this is not the way it is anymore. That it comes from the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that our sacrifices and our offerings and our relationship with God and our inability to keep the law, all is now in our faith. That's what Mary's song is really all about. That is the Magnificat. That is what we magnify. That's what we glorify. When we can recognize that we don't have the power, we don't have the strength. But if we humble ourselves, and ask God's will to be a part of our life. Now we are given the power and the strength to celebrate the Christmas Day. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life